Thank you for your word. We love you. We adore you. We thank you, Spirit of the Living God, that you be made real to us this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen and Amen. We're in a season of teaching you how to pray, and um, it is important for you to get the foundational scripture of where we're going to. I'll show you how it connects into Pentecost right now. Romans chapter 10 and verse 10. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 10, there are five words that impacts everybody's prayer life. If you don't know the scripture, you must take it to heart. It's going to impact you. It's going to change you. It's going to help you build a solid belief system and a prayer life. Look at what he says. For with the heart, one believes. That's the first word, my heart. You believe with your heart. So with the heart, one believes. That's your second word. That's belief. Unto what? Righteousness. That's your third word. What's the fourth word? The mouth is the confession that you make. What's the fifth word? Salvation. What does salvation mean? Wholeness. If you want to see Sandile whole, you want to see your family whole, you want to see your money whole, you want to see your destiny unfold, you need these five words in your prayer life. And we've been going through them and uh, the connect groups and our teaching every single single day. In fact, let me tell you what, I am three weeks ahead of you already for connect groups. It is life-changing. You will hear more of this on, on Wednesday night and um, I think, when are we launching our test me, Brian? Tomorrow. You will hear the test me of how I got the sons and daughters to pray when we started the church. Every morning in winter, it was for a, a period of about 18 months, I got them to pray before they go to work. For those that others that weren't in work, you had to be in in that house to pray. 5.30 every morning. And we would pray and sometimes until 8 o'clock. Some had to go to work, others were laying on the floor, repenting before the Lord. But that's how we built the church. And you'll hear about the many testimonies. It's launching tomorrow, something we did in the in the room podcast, myself and Brian. So that's, that'll come out there. But Wednesday night, we have your teaching. I'm, I'm ahead uh, you know, two, three weeks already. So I'm thinking this week, I'm going to record for the next five weeks and then we're we'll going on holiday. Come on. Five words are going to be really important for your prayer life. If you don't understand these five words, you will never build a prayer life. Never build a prayer life of confidence and solid prayer before the Lord. Because with the heart, one believes unto righteousness everybody believes they say they're unbelievers they're no unbelievers everybody believes some just believe that if I come home 11 o'clock at night and before 12 I must make sure I take salt and throw it at the door they believe others believe you must light a candle everybody believes something Not everything is as unto righteousness. Keywords. Because if you want to fix your prayer life, these five words will come through over and over and over again. So I'm saying this again to you. It's not who who preaches to you. It's the person you believe that's shaping your destiny. So the title of my sermon this morning is Sealed, saved, sealed, and destined 
for greatness. John chapter 20 and verse 15. I'm building inside of you your belief system so that your expectation can come up high. Some people expect nothing from God this morning. And guess what you're going to get? When people tell me, I can't see myself driving that car. Don't worry, you never will. Because your expectation is what God is working with. That's why the Holy Spirit didn't go and run after the 380 and say, please come. He only works with those with the right expectation. Unity is there and that's all good. But they were standing and waiting with expectation. God only works with people's expectation. Because He gave you a heart to believe. For with the heart, man believes. Everybody believes something. So you've got the right to raise your expectation or not. You can dial it down to where you, your life turns out to be nothing. God will honor it because it's your heart. We always said your mind is your responsibility, but so is your heart. You decide what goes in there. You decide what you feed in that heart. You decide what your, your destiny is going to look like. You decide what, what you're going to get out of the service this morning. That's why religious, uh, re- religion is the most mind-numbing thing. And any place where people are untaught to walk in expectation, poverty exists. That's why you'll have in the, in the, in the poor regions, you'll find so many churches. But they go to church every single week, lighting a candle, acting on the outside, but no expectation in the heart. And the poverty is everywhere. Yet, can God meet their, meet their need? Uh, you're not sure. Can God meet your need? Absolutely. Can God do exceedingly abundantly? You're quoting the scripture. You're quoting it all the time. The point is, what do you expect? And for many people, they expect nothing. So they get nothing. That's what religion trains you. Let me tell you what. One day in the sweet by and by. You know, we played that LP until you couldn't anymore. Across the bridge. There's no more sorrow Across the bridge There's no more pain The sun will shine Now you walk with that song Into a hospital Where somebody needs you to bring faith And raise your expectation And walk in there And everybody with all the sons walking with an axe And say, uh, who? What did he say? Now him How? Can't be. Devil, you take your hands off his life right now. And everybody's got an axe because they walked in with expectation. Nah, we we heard you. Thank you for the doctor's report. But there is a level that you you don't go to. There is called heaven and there's earth. Thank God for every doctor. We appreciate you. But I'm letting you know that we have a father that's not on earth. He is our father in heaven. And our expectation comes from him. And God can do exceedingly abundantly. When they wrote him off an hour later, you can be standing up. Come on, somebody. They told me nine months. There's no way you can't move forward hand the ministry over the Lord says how about nine days son we can turn this thing around when I preach I'm raising your expectation 
You understand why they call it the pulpit? It's to pull you out of the pit. It's to bring you out from the place of depression and fear. That's why we preach all the time. What does the preaching do? It's raising your expectation. I had a couple that lost, miscarried on 10 babies. 10. And I brought them into my house and I said, now you listen to me. Today I'm going to start working not on your prayer life. Not how much sin you in. I'm going to start to work with your expectation. He sat in that room. He says, there is no way. I said, now listen to me. You need to raise your expectation because God's going to do this thing. What is expectation? Hope is a confident expectation of good. Now faith is the substance of what? Come on, you say it. Things hope for. So if you have no hope or expectation of good, what's your faith going to work with? So I said to them, now you need to raise your expectation. He sat there, he says, there's no way. I'm not going to raise my expectation because I don't want to be disappointed. I said, let me tell you something today, young man. Somebody in this house is going to have to raise their expectation if you want God to move. Now I know you had 10 failures and I know the disappointment and I know what you've tried and it never worked out but I'm standing here as a, standing here as a man of God and I'm letting you know that you're going to have to raise your expectation and you're going to have to start putting up a picture of babies in your house and babies in your womb and this, the baby growing. You're going to have to create and formulate some kind of expectation. And I can tell you something now. You're weeping and waiting for across the bridge and peace and no more sorrow you got to be careful that what you've been through does not settle as a disappointment in your heart because it's going to affect your prayer life I prayed for certain things that never came through man we all did we all trusted with certain things and things never worked out And what does the enemy want to do? Leave you with a heart that is sorrowful over the things that never worked out. And what has he done when you receive that? He's just dropped your expectation. And so you've been through a divorce. I'm telling you, all men are dogs. I mean, who let the dogs out? Where have you been hanging out? It's the same reason why we come back to the Word every Sunday, every Wednesday. What are we doing? We're driving out the disappointment of the past. And we're walking with the expectation of something good that's going to happen. I want somebody to know this morning, something good is happening in this house this morning. You're going to have to raise your expectation. I don't know if we'll get through any preaching this morning, but the Lord will help us. Saved, sealed, and delivered. So what am I doing when I start to preach the word is that I'm, I'm not even dealing with the fact that you are not praying. Because when I started the series, I'm finding out so many people have walked away from God. Got no relationship with God. Well, you are in relationship. If you got born again, 
you, you, are, you are a child of God. If you're not born again, then get born again because before you're born again, you are God's creation. But when you get born again, you become a child of God. And the child of God has got a relationship. But I'm finding so many Christians have got no fellowship. Has God spoken to you this morning before you came to church? I'll come back to this. Give me the Our Father grid, the prayer grid we're busy with. There's so much revelation in this word. There's so much of understanding that you now need to understand how this works. Now, so here's your prayer grid. You give me the other one, please. The one that gives me a bit of bit more better structure. Otherwise, I have to explain myself through this one. Don't, don't use that one again until I ask for it. But for now, give me the other grid. I want you to see something. No, no, no. It's a prayer grid. But it's giving me the Our Father, but it's laid out a little differently. The one we made the correction on. Come we go. So let me, let, me, let me explain. It'll come. When you're dealing with the Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The first three things that you're praying for is only how's our relationship. You're not asking for anything. You're not making a command for healing. You're not making a demand on anything in the natural. You're not asking for bread or revelation. You're not asking to deal with, you know, to, to, for God to make a way. And all. It's all about relationship. Our Father who art in heaven. That's why the Holy Spirit is here to work in your life and mine this morning. Because the question you need to ask yourself, how's your relationship with your Father? So a friend of mine went and asked God that question. He says, Lord, tell me how's my relationship with you? The Lord says, how's your relationship with your wife? Because your relationship with people is a direct reflection on your relationship with the Father. I'm watching people that are mean and angry and unforgiving. And I can tell you now that they have no relationship with God. Or they think they do, but it is perverted. Because you see God as angry And God is critical And God is out to punish everybody What father are you? That every time you see your child You want to punish your child That you feel the child made a mistake But you just want to be angry And you're always beating the child What father? We should report you Your father in heaven For God so loved the world My father is a loving father How did I find that out? On my knees In the our father Okay, don't, don't worry. We'll come back to that. And, and here's the thing. I am yet to find a couple, both on their knees, before God, crying the Our Father and hating one and one another. Impossible. Because God will tell me, stop praying to me, go and make right with your wife. So the first thing that God deals with is relationship. And that's why the Holy Spirit is given to you because He's a person that you need to have a relationship with when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now I know why people aren't praying. Offended, mad, angry. And then quoting scripture out of context. And then blaming God for their lives. Listen man, get your relationship right with God first. 
have an encounter with the Holy Ghost. And then you tell me, because God, the first thing, uh, this, I've been preaching the whole week, so you'll forgive me, but you're going to just have to catch it. Some things are taught and some things are just caught. You have to catch some stuff this morning. Here's what I discovered this week. That God punishes the sins of the heart faster than the sins of the flesh. When somebody has messed up, God promotes, blesses, deals with the intent of people's hearts first before he punishes them for their sin. So you can have a woman that's maybe made a mistake or, or messed up. Let's take, let's take the woman caught in adultery. They ready to stone her because of her act. She was caught in adultery. Jesus goes down and starts to write in the sand what's the intention of their hearts. He said, you're wicked because God judges the intent of the heart first before he judges the, 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 the sin of the flesh. That's why God finds a man after his own heart. That's why your relationship with God becomes the number one thing. You're not allowed to minister to someone else. Religion will tell you to put on the garb. Religion will tell you to go and light the candle and look like you're really good in church and you're the elder and you're the pastor and some of the people are the most nastiest people because they can't greet people, they can't love on people and they think that they're going to get the reward from God. When you begin to pray, God looks at the heart of every one of us and the intention of... Let me tell you this today. The, the, your motive is everything of whether you receive a thing from God or not. And I'm watching people, and I watch you as leaders, because on my staff, I got this thing annually. You come and you come and tell me if your heart is still with me. If your heart is shifted, get. Don't mess up your relationship with God, and don't get me messed up with me, because the intent of the heart is everything. That's why you don't go asking things from God. You number one, deal with your relationship with Him. What is your intention? Let me give you news. Your intention was pure at the beginning. Intentions can shift. Motives can shift. i got to come back to this place every single time and ask the Lord this morning, why am I preaching? Well, He'll be asking me, why are you doing what you're doing? When you're inviting people over, What's the intention? When you're praying for people, what's your intention? Huh? That's why his, David had to say, when, when he got caught in adultery and messed up, the prophet comes to him and says, you're the man. The Bible says your heart is, can be deceived. That's why you're coming to the word. That's why you begin to spend time in the presence of God. Because my heart is prone to stray. Is it amazing? You ask God for a million rand. And God says, wait. And then you pray again. You say, Lord, search my heart. And he's there. No delay. Because everything starts in the heart of a man. For what the heart man believes. 
And if your heart's not right with God, you, you're asking God to, you know, for, for prayer. You offended at me. You mad at the people. That one wasn't there for you. Your expectation was wrong. Now fix your heart before the Lord. Because God looks on the hearts of men. When you pray that, that prayer, I think it's Psalm 139, I think it is. Search my heart, O God. And try me. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. My God, it's like an instant. Now go and apologize to your wife. I'm like, can we just hold up with that? No negotiation. Because God, what's God doing? He's uprooting the things in your heart that's stopping you from becoming what God has created you to be. Relationship first. Because now that I've dealt with what's in my heart, and now my expectation begins to rise. I didn't have to walk into that place the other night and say, well, Lord, let me just tell you that I'm so sorry for, you know, how I messed up with my wife. Because, you know, when people fall into, when, when anything happens, financially or, or, or physically in their bodies, the first thing we run is to go and repent. Oh God, please forgive me. Did I mess up? I'm so sorry. I feel so condemned. What are you trying to do? You're trying to fix it with God so that you know that God hears you. Why did you do it every day? Why is the sins piling up? Why is the things that's unforgiving and the word curses you're speaking and stuff you said, why is it piling up? That's why the, our Father, the first place is you deal with your Father and your Father deals with you. You don't go beyond that. That's your prayer life. And that's why He's given you the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit that worked within you and saying, you can't speak like that to people. I mean, are you saved? I know the taxi is wrong, but you're not allowed to use your fingers like that in the traffic. Who are you? I mean, does the Holy Spirit will convict you of the things you're doing wrong? Let me tell you the most dangerous place you can be in is a place where God stops speaking to you. When God doesn't move, the Bible says, what kind of a son are you that I can't correct you? You're illegitimate if God is not able to correct your life. I'm dealing with somebody who wants to build an effective prayer life. And you're looking for encouragement. This is it. That you are now needing to deal with the things that God asked you to do, that God asked you to you're asking for fresh manner. You're saying, God, give us this day our daily bread. He says, well, you never ate the bread I gave you yesterday. Because sometimes the revelation's not nice. It's like I don't eat broccoli. Yeah, today you're going to eat it. Go and make right. I mean, you want to pray for people that you hate. It's not going to happen. God don't move on that. This whole kingdom is a kingdom of love. You can't hate on people and expect to walk in the blessing of the Lord. You can't hate on people and expect the favor of God to flow. You can't hate on people and think that you're going you're gonna to have your prayers answered. Are you hearing me? The first stop, I can't get beyond this, our Father. As I'm praying, I can't move beyond my Father. I know you're in relationship with that uncle. But when last did you speak to him? <laughs> you're in relationship. But you've got no fellowship. 
When last you speak to your father the way you should? Why don't you stay in that closet and ask the Lord, deal with my heart and anything wicked in me that's stopping me from having a relationship with you. And if it means I have to forgive people and let go of stuff, I'm going to do it for the sake of my relationship with you. I'm going to stay in this place. I'm going to keep on worshipping you. I'm going to keep on praising you. And if it's 10 days from the word you gave me to 10 days later, here comes Pentecost and the Holy Spirit. Let me wait in you. Let me stay in your presence. Let me worship and magnify you because I belong to be in your presence more than ever. I need to hear your voice. I know there's much happening in the world, but I need to let you know that I can't live without you. I can't walk in my own strength. If I'm ever going to become your battle axe, and if ever I'm going to become what you've called me to be, then I need an anointing upon my life, and I need your presence in my life. If ever I'm going to come on if Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10 oh God's going to help us this morning I don't know why I can't move beyond this place i got a whole sermon laid out for you I can leave you preach until 2 o'clock this afternoon if the axe is dull man I know you're born again when we speak about the axe be dull what are we talking about we're talking about relationship first it's God's presence. It's God's power. In His presence is fullness of joy. At His right hand are pleasures forevermore. If the axe be dull and does not sharpen, and one does not sharpen the edge, then throughout your day, you must use more strength. Hasn't God got all the wisdom for your success? Hasn't God got the ability, the power, is he, not, is he not all knowing? Doesn't he know how to solve your problem? The problem is that we don't have a relationship. We're not in fellowship with God. That God can speak to us and say, get up from this bed, do this now. Go and make right with that person. There are some people that are absolutely lost because they've refused to go to the place that God told them to go and make right to. And I'm telling you, it's coming to an end because you'll find people now having to come and ask other people and now you have to beg from other people. Why? Because the axe head is dull. Your relationship with God is not there anymore. God doesn't wink at sin. Your Father in heaven is not irresponsible. Now I know why people don't pray to our Father. Because when you come into His presence, He's not going to deal with your uncle, your boss, anybody else. He's going to deal with the thing that's in your heart. For with the heart, one believes. And what's it for? Righteousness. If you've not responded in a righteous way, you're out of alignment with your Heavenly Father. I got all the tools. I mean, you got a cheat code, right? What does Pentecost? God gave them a cheat code on Pentecost. Is a cheat code because you are praying directly from your father. You don't even know what to pray for. I go into that corridor with the sons, and we begin to stand there. I'm like, I need to know what's going on here. What is rubbish is this? The devil can't have this boy. What is really happening in the spirit, God? And I go, and I walk in those corridors and I say, My God, I thank you that you are all knowing, that you are all wisdom, that you know exactly what we need to do. I thank you for the gift of discernment. I begin to walk through those corridors. 
and the people are walking past the nurses and the people and I'm like rego shaya tandala bo nikase tendele bondogo shayandala kosondo the bible says you praying the perfect will of god when you praying in the holy ghost i don't know that you think god will put anything wicked on you how can your father in heaven how can tongues be from the devil only the devil will tell you that tongues is from the devil god every good and perfect gift comes from the father of lights and there's no shadow of turning within him we're going to be in a pray in the holy ghost and we begin to decree and declare god's word and we saying devil you got to take your hands off this boy you got to let the anointing break the yoke father what is it now you eat an emergency now you must first go and sharpen the edge oh when last did you pray you know we tried no you just didn't get understanding and your heart is so disappointed or so ignorant there's no belief there's no knowledge about what the power of prayer can do now you're trying to chop and the devil says you don't even have teeth in your mouth and How's your ex doing this for? How's your relationship with your father in heaven? How are you doing? Is there any power in your prayer? Is there any expectation in your heart? You better have friends around you that is willing to cut open the roof and let you down in the presence of Jesus because they expect you to live and not die you better have people in your corner and children that know how to pray you better have a woman that knows how to pray a one that will say i'm not accepting this this is not the expectation from god i know it's god's will to heal i know it's god's will to deliver i know it's god i know what the bible says i'm walking in the will of god his power will manifest in this hospital and everybody else is going to shut up and let this devil know we are your on purpose How's your prayer life sir? How are you doing? If the axe is dull and you don't take the time to sharpen it our father whatever it takes deal with us in my heart because with the heart one believes unto righteousness why the word righteousness because it's only the fervent prayer of the righteous that avails much you worth it so if you are not righteous what does righteous mean it means to be in right standing with god if you're not in right standing with god the only prayer god's hearing from you is the prayer of a sinner uh, 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 the, the prayer of the, an unrighteous is is the sinner's prayer a prayer of repentance that's the only prayer god's hearing so if you've messed up fess up You have an advocate if you're born again. You have an advocate with the Father. You can go and go to him and say, "Father, this is not right. I repent of this. I want my life to be right. I want to know that you hear my prayer. I don't want my heart to condemn me. I want my conscience to be clear. 
I want to walk knowing and hearing your voice. I want to understand what your will is for my life. I'm not going to walk around condemned for anything. But you need to respond righteously. And if I give you a correction of what something that has gone wrong, you don't go and say, the pastors are just right here. No, you're not even hearing God. And God sends you a message to deal with your heart, to correct it, to bring the change. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And the fervent prayer of the righteous, it avails much, much. Power is available when we pray. God's eyes are always on the righteous. There's some people, not everybody's hallelujah is the same. They got no track record in praying and seeing victories, seeing the power of God. So when emergency comes, they've got to run around and find someone else. That's the reason why you forgive quickly. Let me tell you my advantage, my edge. I love you and I don't need you to love me. Because faith works by love. That's my edge. You've got to go a long way for me to say, I never want to see this person again. Because they're wicked in their hearts. It takes a long time for me to shut someone off and say, okay, let's get up and let's go. Because God punishes the sins of a man's heart quicker than the sins of the flesh. And you keep on talking about how she didn't do this and how he didn't do that. That's only the stuff of the flesh, man. The intent of a man's heart. I married people. I was so shocked at this one wedding. I've never ever done it before. I mean, I counseled this guy and this beautiful daughter in the ministry and, you know, he's, he, he, had, he had other marriages and, and, you know, he mentioned all these children and blah, 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 and she still wanted him. And so, you know, I said, okay, we'll do the wedding. A strange thing happened at this wedding. I've never done it, not even a service in my whole life. I was so stunned. I was like, God, what is this? We, it's time, you know, you do the vows and then we have bread. We break bread. Have communion. How do you ever have communion? Just bread only. And I'm like, that's it. And I prayed for them. And so we move from there, celebrate them, I'll celebrate them, and, 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 and. And we go to a special room to go and sign the, the documents and everybody's around. And they said, you know, Apostle, you never, you never had the wine, the juice. I'm like, what? You only had bread. I'm like, oh my God. Never happened to me before. I went to the Lord. I said, like, what was this? And I left it. We discovered that this man wasn't truthful. And he was trying to enter into covenant with this woman. We discovered a whole lot of things afterwards about him. It was, it was shocking. And the Lord was saying, that covenant meal, I wouldn't let you follow through with it because he wasn't being truthful. His heart was wicked. Of course, the divorce came through after that. But God looks at the hearts of men. I, you, you, you see this? Sometimes I can get it wrong on the outside. But because my heart is pure, God will fix it. And he'll make it right. 
But if you have somebody who's perfect on the outside and whose heart is wicked continually, let me give you one we need to end. I'm listening to Papa Hagen and he's dealing with this particular situation in, the, in, in his preaching. And he's out in a different city and they, they, he's, they're ministering, but someone else is also preaching. And as he's, he's driving down, he's doing a morning and afternoon session and this man in the evening, the power of God is flowing everywhere. And but in the week, he sees this man walk into a building. Now, I assume it must have been a bottle store or something. And he goes before the Lord because that night the power of God flows again. And he goes before God, he says, but you saw what this man did today. Why would you still use him this way? The Lord says, you're judging by the eye, you're in the natural only. You don't know why this man walked into this place. Yet you're making a judgment call on him. Because he stood and he said, well, Lord, you can take this woman that's been here serving 40 years in the church and you could have used her and the power of God flow through her life. He says, I can't use her because she's been rebellious for 40 years. She's never done what I told her to do. We're judging everybody by the outside. Yet God looks on the inward heart. People come and put up a face in church. Yet inwardly, they've been rebelling against the plan of God. God asked them to get involved in His system. God asked them to go and start up that ministry, go into Israel, do whatever. It's not that it's perfect, but they're moving with God and God sees the intent of a person's heart. Are you hearing me? That's the reason why God in the season, you, if you find people fall away, it's because their hearts have never been pure. They've been rebelling. Listen, let me tell you about rebellion. The Bible says rebellion is as witchcraft. They smile on a Sunday morning and oh, they're always there. Yes, apostle. Yes, apostle. But deep down, they never do what God told them to do. God can't speak to their hearts about the offerings, about the things that God asked them to do, the simple things that God asked them to sow and to do. The number one thing for me is that I don't care about all the stuff that's here. They bought a computer and, you know, uh, made a decision because we needed this computer. It's urgent. But God said to me, but I told you that money does not belong to you and to this house. I want you to take this money and sow it in Dr. Winston's life. That was last year or two years ago. I sent the computer back to have the money to sow the seed because I can't have my heart and God speak to me and me not do what God told me to do. Why call me Lord, Lord, if you don't do the things I asked you to do? I mean, this is the kingdom of God. You want your prayers answered. You want to walk with God. You want to make sure that what, when God asks you to do something, you do it. you got to run when God asks you to do it. And I'm telling you now, this, this is what's happening in the season. God is revisiting the old places He asked you to do some stuff. Listen to this apostle. There is a grace in the season to redeem the time. Because God's asking you to go back and fix the things He asked you to do in the first place. You want the next blessing. You want the next birth of increase. But you are not even doing the last thing God told you to do. And what has happened? You got a dull axe. You can't afford it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get, your flesh is not 100% right and you're struggling with some stuff. It's not that God won't punish it. But if you can repent... And fix your heart before God. Because right believing leads to right living. My time is gone. Can I have the worship team? God is speaking to every one of us, man. 
you get involved in prayer you're dealing with the communion with God you're dealing with your communication with God you're hearing it's about hearing his voice it's about understanding the Holy Spirit it's understanding that the Holy Spirit is working in this place it's knowing that you want to make right with the Lord this morning you want your heart to be pure you've got to go and fix it with your relationships and when the whole there's some people that never want to make right with you and that's okay I need to know that I before God if ever I have to meet this person we have to make right I don't have a problem some family has been going through some challenges I haven't spoken to this particular person in a long time and so you know death came and I just sent the message long message of you know we just praying for you and the family and you know we just ask that you know God's grace and that and the response thanks the Lord says hold up make sure that between me and you we're good if they don't want to respond it's not on you anymore there's some people that never want to make right with nobody I've learned to make peace with that if ever I meet them in the street my heart won't go who do they think they are just let it go why it's not about them it's about you it's about the forgiveness in your heart that is willing to let go let me say this to you forgive us this day forgive us our trespasses the kingdom is a debt free zone you want debt free living in your house but you can't forgive your neighbor you talk, you're claiming you love God whom you've never seen but hate the brother that you see every single day welcome to the kingdom are you still sure you want to pray they said Christianity is for sissies sir. you come and walk this walk you come you come and walk this thing. it's a cop out really you don't get your cheap people have made the anointing cheap that's the reason why I spend less and less time with people who come and put a smile on their face but I know inwardly they're not doing what God told them to do I love you but I'm not going to allow myself to participate. You don't obey God. That's your problem. With your heart, you can believe whatever you want to believe. Mine, in the kingdom, is as unto righteousness. Yours in the season is as unto righteousness.